0: Everyone, welcome to another episode of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review movies and decide if they're worth the cost of beaming to a lonely astronaut
1: in the far reaches of space. Space internet is expensive and getting more expensiver, and so we have to be judicious in our filmmaking cura- in our film curation.
0: That's right. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about Parasite, the latest film by Bong Jun-ho. Mm-hmm. The director
1: of... Okja, Jaw, Snow Snowpiercer, Piercer, The Host... Mother. Yep, Memories of Murder. That's all of them. Yeah, those are the, those are think. the noteworthy ones.
0: Uh, yeah, so we're talking about Parasite. Why don't we start off with the synopsis from our trusty IMDb.
1: hmm All unemployed, Kitek's family takes peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident.
0: An unexpected incident. Mm-hmm. All right, so... What were your expectations coming into this, puppy? And what were your... Uh, what were your initial impressions after coming out?
1: So I was expecting a sort of suspenseful thriller of some sort uh, where... A wealthy family and a let you know a relatively impoverished family, um, where one wants something from the other, and mm-hmm. um, potentially you know that becomes too much for one or the other family to endure. And
0: well, were you
1: expecting it to be good? I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting it to be good. Um, the aside from the fact that I have liked every movie I've seen by Bong Joon Ho. Um the reviews coming like swirling around this movie mm-hmm. were pretty pretty high praise and it won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. I don't think I even knew that going in. Maybe I did.
0: But all right. So and how and what were your first impressions coming out? Loved it. Loved it.
1: Yeah met or exceeded your expectations? I would say it exceeded my expectations. Because as much as I've... I, I would say the movie that I walked out of as far as um, Bong's movies with just sort of the <laughs> most fired up about, like, aren't movies great kind mm-hmm, of feeling mm-hmm. was was The Host. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even with that, I felt like there were parts of it... That movie, I felt like there were parts of it that were... Uh, you know, a little s- sloppy or a little slow, but it was so full of ideas and so um, well done in so many ways that I was sort of willing to forgive that stuff. Mm-hmm. There was, like, in this movie, I felt all the same feelings and there was nothing about it that I was like, yeah, that dragged a little bit, or I didn't really like that part. I just right. felt, like, so engaged the entire time. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, before I mean... You said the host was the one you liked of his the most. How would you just aside like putting this movie, pretending this movie didn't exist? How do you feel about the host? Do you think it's a great movie?
1: I think it is a very good movie. Right? I, well, I don't so know. Like coming if, into if Spaceflux had existed back in two thousand six, would I have beamed up the host? <clears throat> I don't know. I'd have to review all of two
0: thousand six. Yeah, I I. F- I feel like I probably wouldn't have, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was really solid. Yeah. And coming into this, um, I definitely wouldn't have—I wouldn't have considered Bong Joon-ho like one of those directors where I must see his next film. Right. Um, Now I kind of feel that way after this one. But, yeah, it's funny. I didn't uh, really—the way you characterized this compared to the host— um I would I would characterize it a little differently like you're saying there were a few things there were sort of some rough edges to the host right some like things that were less than great mm-hmm. whereas this one didn't really have those shortcomings
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't really I don't really remember thinking that the host had any shortcomings
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just feel like the greatness of this movie for me, is much greater than the greatness that's, of the host.
1: That's true. I would say, yeah, it
0: the, reaches greater highs. The
1: highs are higher. Yeah, there's yes. no
0: real lows that I recall from the hosts. I didn't. I didn't have any quibbles with it that I can recall.
1: Yeah, I remember there were parts of the host that I remember feeling like they were draggy or unnecessary mm-hmm. at parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, Maybe. I, I yeah. also agree with your assessment that like just the the exhilaration in parts of this movie like surpasses the exhilaration I felt in yeah, of the host. Yeah, like
0: this movie... I mean, to me, Parasite is just kind of in that realm of movies where it's so much better than the vast majority of movies mm-hmm. that, you know, like... It doesn't even make sense to me to talk about things that it didn't get wrong. Because mm-hmm. it's like... It could have gotten tons of things wrong and still would have been way better than many movies that get nothing wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: because those movies... Don't even come close to sort of like scoring the points that this one does yep. in some of its biggest plays. Yep. You know.
1: Yep. Um, I think that's right. I think that's a. I think that's a better way of characterizing <coughs> it than my way. But so, that being said, I do feel like there is there is something um, noteworthy about a film that, from like moment one through moment, you know, through the end of it, like it's just entirely. Gripping and inventive and original, mm-hmm. right? Um, without CGI or existing IP mm. or it, like real any yeah. any, yeah. It doesn't really have much in the way of like. I mean, yes, there's some like quote action sequences, but they're like. Ultimately, it just felt like it was so well conceived and so well scripted, and yeah. and uh, that you know like i was just enthralled uh and in a sequence with three people hiding under a table yeah you know like yeah. and very little like you know what i mean it just it was so well done in all those regards that i was i was just amazed at how gripped i was by something that wasn't uh an action movie or a marvel movie you know what i mean like yeah
0: and 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 it's kind of surprising to me because i guess i didn't put that much thought into it but it, but aside from the trailer for this movie, which I I did see, but I don't think I read any of the reviews or even really looked at the critical reception. Right. Um, I think if you just told me there was a new movie by the guy who did The Host and Snowpiercer, Mm -hmm. I just kind of thought he had not necessarily a genre because those are pretty different movies and, uh, and from what I know of Okja, that's also a very different movie. Yeah. But still, like you said, they all have like CGI or action or... You know, they're kind of, I don't know, let's let's say at the very least kind of like sci-fi-y. Yeah. Um, they have like a fantasy element to them, Uh, uh like a super, um, like a heightened reality or almost supernatural like side to them. Yep. Uh, v- very exaggerated at the very least, I think you could say. And this one, I mean, yeah, maybe you could say it's got some, a little bit of like exaggerated reality to it, but... It's really quite grounded,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and and yeah, and is not as all, at all what I was expecting from the guy who made those other movies.
1: Yeah, um, have you seen Mother? His movie no, Mother. No,
0: the only movies of his I've seen, I think, are The Host and Snowpiercer. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Mother, uh, I think you're right that those first three movies you cited, um, it, it there's a lot of, uh, you know, world building. Going into those Because you Mm -hmm. have to Like especially you know A movie like Snowpiercer Sure Right It's just sort of like There's a lot of Just imagine a totally Different reality
0: Yeah although Snowpiercer I remember we said I feel like after Seeing that movie We sort of said like Doesn't seem like It really explains like, the world of this train doesn't actually make a ton of sense, you right, know? Right, right. But it's kind of fine.
1: You right, know? you just take it as a given. Yeah, sure, it's like, okay. I don't need
0: it to make sense. Yeah. But...
1: Uh. Um, Mother is the one movie... And now, I have not seen Memories of Murder. In fact, you and I were talking the other day outside of this podcast that, like, it's kind of a difficult movie to get your hands on. So is it not on YouTube? I, well, it might be, but I have not mm. validated that by watching it yet. So, right. um, so that remains on our docket to, to do, um... But uh, but Mother is also a movie that is very grounded in sort of, like, the world we live in, mm. right? Um, now, that being said, like, I think <coughs> that is also sort of, like, a tense um, thriller. There's a mystery element to that movie. Um, and so I knew that he was capable of that kind of um, more grounded... Um, sort of more about the nuts and bolts and mechanics of great screenwriting and plotting and mm-hmm. um, you know suspense yeah but I would although I liked that movie it is in my estimation you know a pretty you know several rungs down the ladder less ac- less accomplished than this movie yeah
0: okay so yeah I mean I, I might have had a skewed perspective on what his thing was just because of the movies I happened to be familiar with. But yeah, regardless, sounds like we both were pretty blown away. Um I yeah. mean I, I know I certainly was. Like it it's 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 kind of strange. It's almost like um if you tell me the guy who made the host and Snowpiercer made this movie, which to me is is uh even though I really like both of those movies, mm-hmm. this one just feels significantly better. Yeah. Um it almost feels like we fast forwarded like through like six movies you know like it feels like it's that same filmmaker Mm -hmm. you know who had that raw talent but you know through experience and through like just doing it more and getting more sort of sort of coming into his own and finding his voice even more and more like you know not to say that those movies were like a filmmaker who hadn't found his voice. I think they're very distinctive movies. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying, it just feels yeah. like he progressed so far from those yeah. to this. Like this this just feels really like the work of a master to me, and I wouldn't have coming in I wouldn't have said, "Oh yeah, the, like the guy who made The Host and and Snowpiercer, that guy's like a master filmmaker." Yeah. I mean, I would have said he's incredibly talented and Far better than I could ever be, but um, but you know I just wouldn't have put him in that in that category of like where I'd put like Scorsese or or filmmakers like that. Yeah. Whereas now after Parasite, I mean, like it remains to be seen. Maybe this will be the pinnacle for him, and totally. he'll never hit it again. Yeah. But just just taken on its own, I'm like, yeah. I mean, this feels like this just feels like a guy who's got very few peers. You know, right to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember saying as we walked out of the movie, sort of very echoing the point that you just made. Like prior to walk, prior to seeing this movie, I would not have said like, "Oh yeah, Bong Joon Ho is one of my favorite directors." Right. right. It's like, oh, I liked his movies, right? But it's yeah. not like I mean, I I literally watched uh, prior to seeing Parasite um, back when Okja came out. I watched probably 30 minutes of it mm-hmm. and then something happened in my life and, you're like, and I eh, just I and I just never resumed it. it right right um after seeing parasite the following day I finished open <laughs> right yeah. um but yeah this is the this is the sort of movie that all of a sudden is like well I gotta see the next thing yeah he does would you right? say he's one of your favorites now no but it's like now he's now he's actually like he's cracked open the door on me considering that as yeah an option, yeah right? like you
0: like you'll give it another couple films and if they're if he does another one of the caliber of Parasite, uh, next... Right. Um, I feel like that just, like, just leaps... He's, in, You know, like in, shoots right? him right into the... I feel similarly about, um, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, yeah, sure. When I... F- I, th- I think I heard his name, like, tossed around a little bit. I hadn't seen anything. I think the first film of his I saw was maybe Enemy. Okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, that was really good. And then yeah. I saw... Uh, what maybe prisoners yeah. and then like a rival, yeah. And I was just like, all right, this guy's now one of my favorite directors, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Sicario, maybe, yeah. Um, it was just like, yeah, that first one you can always be a fluke, but then you see a few more and you're just like, geez, you know, right. this, this quality b- level is consistently so high. So, um, yeah, I think one more on this level would be all it would take for me to just be like, all right, he's in my. He's in my top, you know, I don't know, three or something. Yeah. It, would be, it would be of, of like, modern film, Because we've talked about it before how, like, Spielberg and Scorsese, like, they're great and pretty untouchable. But the movies they're making today, mm-hmm. especially with Spielberg, I think Scorsese still is, like, I'm very interested in seeing The Irishman. Right. But, like, when a new Spielberg movie comes out, I just kind of assume it's just going to be, you know, fine. Right. Um doesn't take away from what he's
1: achieved in the past right but, i mean we you know you and i have talked about but uh, today i'd movies. be much more interested in seeing a bong joon ho movie than right a spielberg yeah one. spielberg um, in this example right like we we reviewed the post right like on this yeah. podcast it was great and we really liked it but i feel like there's a lot of spielberg movies that we didn't talk about yeah we, ready player one right um, or, or aren't likely to talk about, right?
0: I mean, even even st- times when he makes a movie that I would say is really good, like Bridge of Spies, mm-hmm. right, was really good. But it wasn't, like, this cinematic, like, moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it was, like, one of the better films that year. Right. As opposed to, like, E.T. or something right. where it's, like, you know how that, like, changed the world of cinema forever, <laughs> you right. know? Right, It's, like, Bridge of Spies didn't do that. Um... And, you know, it's a, it's hard. The more movies that come out, the longer it's been a thing, it's harder to, like, change the landscape, you know. I don't know if Parasite's going to change the landscape. No. But, um, but it is going to stand out as a yeah. truly,
1: truly amazing movie. Yeah, I think what's a little bit different for me, I, I'm, I'm thinking back on, like, other films that I've, other filmmakers that I've sort of declared my love for, and it's like, man, I just got to see whatever they do. Mm-hmm. I feel like they sort of often... Um, even if it's not, like, their first movie, but one of their first movies is, like, typically one of those ones you're like, holy cow, mm-hmm. like, man, if he can do that one or two more times or if she can do that one or two more times, like, with I'm going to see everything they do. Mm-hmm. And with PTA, for me, like, I saw those movies out of order, but, like, I saw Magnolia, and I was like, that was great. I loved it. And, and then I saw Boogie Nights. Like, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Then I saw Heart 8, and then Punch Drunk Love came out, and it's like, okay, we're four for four. Yeah. Like, this is on... Un- like, I'm just going to see everything this guy does, right? But it was like... So he was, like, shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Right? Um, I would say, like, Fincher is kind of similar to mm-hmm. this. Like, mm-hmm. you know... Like, his ru- his early run of movies is pretty astounding. Nolan, right? maybe? Nolan might be similar. Memento. Memento, the Batman the movies, the Prestige. Prestige. Insomnia? I, I really like Insomnia. is quite good. Yeah. Right? And yeah, you just sort of like, oh man, I'll just see whatever these guys do. Yeah, you see like, some consistent quality. Bong, right? He comes out of the gates with like a movie that uh, barking dogs never bite, which even he thinks is bad, I right? Never heard. Um, of memories that. of Murder, which is really hard to see, right? But supposedly is good. Supposedly it's quite good. Um, the host quite liked, mm-hmm. right? Mother liked less than the host, but I liked it. Okay. Right. Um and so he's been a little Snow, more spotty. Snowpiercer, solid, oak job, ja yeah, turned yeah. it off, right? right? And so it's like I'm like, okay, yeah, he's good, you know, like
0: Yeah. yeah. Like maybe some sort of rough talent. Right. Uh, or so it seems. And
1: too. so he's like in his whatever this is, one, two, three, four, five, sixth film, right? Something like that?
0: What yeah, I don't know. You just named a movie I hadn't even heard of, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, like sick in
0: his sixth film, he's He's made a masterpiece. I mean, when you put it in those terms, though, it's certainly... It's hard to think of the movie this way because of how highly I regard the movie. Mm -hmm. But when you just lay it out chronologically like that, you're like, well, I mean, it's probably a fluke then. (laughs) Maybe. Like, if he's been so kind of like, you know, some really solid ones, some like kind of underwhelming ones, and then he has this one like amazing one, Mm -hmm. then it's like, well but what about the other ones? Like this, this probably the next one will just be like pretty good, you know, like, right. Like I'm just picturing it as like a graph, you know, where yeah. you're like, Oh, that's like a outlier. We'll see <laughs> that spike that, that I peak mean, right there. What, what
1: I would, what I wonder, and you know, and in some ways it kind of doesn't matter because he put this particular movie into the world. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you did it. You reached the pinnacle Maybe once. Thank you for that. Yeah. Right. Um, but for, I feel like there's a lot of artists who, like, I, I feel this way about, like, Richard Linklater, mm-hmm. right? Like, very rarely does Linklater's film work, like, intersect with the zeitgeist in a way that everybody's like, oh, my gosh, like, what an amazing mm-hmm. work, right? you know? Um, but he's just out there doing whatever he finds to be, like driving his muse, mm-hmm. right? We saw Where'd You Go Bernadette not long ago, and both of us were like, that was cool, right? Like, wasn't wasn't great, wasn't bad, didn't dislike it, right? Um, as I recall, I quite liked it, and you were like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you like, you but, quite liked it? All right. But, like, one time, Linklater has, like, sh- shot the moon with popularity as far as sc- in, in School of Rock, mm. and once has he, like, shot the moon as far as, like, critical, just, like, complete over-the-top adoration and that boyhood, boyhood, Mm -hmm. right? Which I haven't even seen. And, like, the rest of the time, he's just sort of, like, doing his thing, right? And some of them you may love and some of them you may not, whatever. Like, he's just going to be doing what is inspiring to him, yeah. right? And I'm wondering if, like, Bong is going to be more like that. But hold on. Did he not do the before... Series? Sure, but those have never like those were never big hits, and it's no, not but like... they were critically acclaimed. Sure, yeah. but it's not like any critic is going to say that that was the best film of the year for the before movies. know, uh, some might.
0: Roger Ebert loved him, I remember that. Sure,
1: I guess my point. You know what I mean? <laughs> though, like, You're
0: like sure that that unknown critic did, called Roger Ebert.
1: Did that movie? Well, I'm saying, like, for example, did before did before sunrise or before sunset get like a best picture nom? Um, no. I don't think so. Did it get any, like, Oscar love? Not really, right? Like, this movie sure. has a sure. high sure. likelihood of, like, being nominated in, like, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, <clears throat> right? Like... We'll see. We'll
0: see. You're you're making claims now. We can't... We we don't even know what it's going to be nominated sure. for. Sure. I just don't think Before sunrise is in the conversation. Maybe not. Right. Look, you said only one time had Linklater... Achieved great critical success. I'm just disputing that because I think the before series were very critical.
1: No, I think he's got lots of movies that have like that are liked by critics. Mm, mm. But this is like, but Parasite, like if I'm comparing it to Boyhood, is getting like over the top. It's more analogous like to Boyhood. You yeah. and I are sitting here singing its praises for the first twenty minutes of this podcast. Yeah, we you know should I mean? move on. Yeah, we should move on. Like, <laughs> but just talking
0: about how amazing it is that talking about why it's amazing. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, but, uh, let's see. But before we get into the specifics of the movie, I think we do... I don't remember if we do themes and then box office. Let's do box That's office. A, yeah, let's do box office. Box office and then themes. Where did my... I don't even know where my phone went. But you and know we're what? We're having oh, minor,
1: it's, minor technical difficulties with right phone right here. Not that I need my
0: phone, because I... Well, so this one, I want, I want us to do the regular thing, because it'll be... Kind of amusing because Mm -hmm. I because this is not a typical wide release. I mean normally we talk about a film that came out and you know, across the country and I ask you what you think it made in its opening weekend. Do you even know how wide the release was its opening weekend?
1: No. I mean wasn't it Okay, well it was it was a small number of screens, right?
0: Yeah. Like thirty screens or something. Guess how much money you think it made in its opening weekend. It this'll just be amusing, that's all. $3.7 three 3.7 million dollars mm, no you're you're an order of magnitude off it made three hundred ninety three thousand dollars okay okay but on how that's many? from three theaters three theaters okay so its average was over a hundred thousand dollars a
1: theater oh wait like Siri it's Three theaters? Didn't I literally say it was like 30? You said 30. Oh, I was at so that. <laughs> so your, your I was, uh, off by magnitude was, was twice. Yeah, yeah. spot on
0: in terms of ratio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I actually don't know what's like a normal amount per theater, but I'm pretty confident that's very high.
1: I think this broke <clears throat> per screen records. Mm, wow. Okay. That's my understanding. That's the, like the... Quality, oh, there you go. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so and and I've also heard. I mean, I think this is a type of movie like limited release, foreign film. It's mm-hmm. ex- gradual expansion um, mm-hmm. that I'm just not really. It's unfamiliar territory to me in terms of the numbers that I kind of like. You know, I I read a lot of numbers on how well movies do, but this is kind of outside of that. Yeah. Um, but it also. But, hasn't I, but been... I understand it's been doing quite well for
1: you know, for that kind of film. Am I, you might not have this available there, but, like, hasn't it been out in South Korea for months? Oh, prob- probably? I think it came out in the summer in I might, South Korea. I might be and able it's, to like, have... the most successful movie in South Korea, like, of all time. Let's see. So,
0: wow. So in South Korea, it is... Gr- guess how much money it's grossed in South Korea, actually. This will be another funny...
1: I've I have guess. no idea. I'm going to say... $30 million.
0: $72 million. Okay. And in its opening weekend, it made $20 million. Um, yeah, I'm
1: sure that's really high. I I, I, I don't know what is... Because um, as we all know, South Korea has the population of Kansas City, Missouri. I don't know. That's, 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's much higher than that. That's totally made than up. That. Um,
0: Yeah, I'll look up later. I'll look up later. We can talk about it outside this podcast. What is, like, the record... What are the highest-grossing films in South Korea? But, I I don't know. I'm just used to, like, even major blockbusters in the U.S. when they publish their, like, global opening weekend numbers. Yeah. South Korea is a really big market for movies, but uh, $20 just sounds really high to me, so...
1: In the opening weekend in 72 so far... I mean, I mean it's,
0: it's it's certainly very high for a film like this. I mean they might, you know, like a like a a Marvel movie might do more than that. What would but, you
1: what would you project its sort of ceiling is in as far as United States box office? Ceiling? Yeah, how much like do you think it's going to make through its theatrical run in the United States? Um, I think it'll make less
0: than $10 million. Okay. Um, it looks like so far it's made Seven point eight. So I'm probably wrong. It's probably gonna exceed ten million, especially with all the like buzz and stuff. Yeah,
1: you think it? I mean, especially as, like not, nominations.
0: But you know, there. between ten and twenty, probably. Yeah. Um, like what? Well, but like between ten and fifteen.
1: Sounds would, great, though. I for guess. I mean, like if you're yeah. if yeah. you're the studio that.
0: Wow, worldwide it's made over a hundred million. So I mean, well, which makes sense if seventy two of that was in South Korea. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, worldwide gross of hundred million. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, what was the budget of this? It can't have been...
1: I do not know. I do know that, I mean, this has been <laughs> widely reported, that, like, they built that house, <laughs> and they built that, right. that, well, both both homes.
0: Yeah. Right. But, I mean, stuff, like, that sounds really extravagant, but, like, even stuff like that, Yeah. you know,
1: typically... <laughs> well, it's like if you actually built a house in real life mm-hmm. in the United States of America it would cost you a few hundred
0: thousand dollars. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? That's it. Yeah. Like, not... Whereas
0: yeah. whereas you might pay a star like 10 million, you know? Right, right, it's right. Like, it's like building a house. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but yeah. it's uh, like a real functional, you know... With electrical wiring and everything, right? Right. House. Right. Um, yeah, that ha- people own houses every day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that can be done for for well south of a million. Yep. So, anyway, box office, quite successful. Um, and obviously, I'm very happy for it. I think mm-hmm. you are too. Uh, let's move on to the themes of the movie.
1: I don't think this movie has any themes. Yeah, let's move on. It's extremely, yeah, it's extremely literal. <laughs> uh,
0: Okay. The, so the obvious there's a there's a big theme of you know the haves versus the have-nots. Also, sure. I think the class like class. Right. Right. Yeah, not so much haves and have-nots, but but as like these two two categories. But you know the sort of tiered, the tiered you know class system, whether explicit or implicit. Um, and I think the title of the movie is very loaded, for sure. Right. Yeah. That. that um, in the in the opening stages of the movie, and then this kind of evolves uh, with the plot of the movie, but in the very beginning, um, the sort of early, early plot developments have to do with basically a poor family trying to make a living, you know, being employed by a wealthy family. Yep. And, um, you know, the word parasite evokes very, puts kind of a negative light on that relationship. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'd say, but it just, it just paints it in a very specific way. Right. Well,
1: I mean, yeah, that I they're think-
0: sort of sucking the blood of, of these, of this wealthy family.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: I, their means of survival.
1: Yeah. I thought a lot about like the literal meaning of parasite, mm-hmm. right? Because yes, there's the whole like creepy crawly sort of negative connotations that we have mm-hmm. for the word. Um, but it is something that sustains itself at the expense of its host, right? <coughs> it, right. It, it it like parasites fundamentally have to detract from the well being of their host, I think. Y- yeah, although
0: well they have to detract I guess I'm not sure if like in the definition of a parasite is that it negatively impacts its host it seems like another possible scenario is, like, is a, a host that has abundant um, resources mm-hmm. that are more, that's actually more than the host needs yeah and a parasite could like live off the excess
1: and the host wouldn't even notice interesting so that's like more like uh what are those things that cling to a the side of a of a whale like, like a barnacle yeah like a gemora. it doesn't matter a gomorrah yeah
0: there's <laughs> I don't
1: a, know a remora at any rate yes it's yes there's this idea of or you know flies around a cow mm-hmm. right like there's all sorts of creatures that just live off of the excesses of another creature and so
0: yeah so I think that
1: it's it's kind of like I feel
0: like there's two um, sorry to interrupt but there's two ways of of framing it to me one is kind of in relation to the host a parasite can be like a harmful presence that detracts from the host but a different way of of framing it is with reference to the parasite Mm -hmm. and you could say a parasite is defined as like not being able to survive without a host Mm -hmm. right yep that's a difference like a host doesn't need a parasite a parasite needs a host so I, 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 tend to think that the movie is a little bit more focused on the latter, mm-hmm. um, how this family it's, it doesn't really, I don't think it makes a really, uh, strong argument that, that being a host in this, in this dynamic is, uh, that you're in any way harmed by the, by the relationship, mm-hmm. it, it feels very much more to me about how the parasite in the relationship is, is not independent, you know, and, and, and kind of having, you know, compassion for the parasite that, that needs its host and mm-hmm. has no, has no way of sustaining itself without the host. Mm-hmm. So I feel, so anyway, we're, I'm trying to be kind of vague because we haven't really gotten into the spoiler, spoiler section, yeah. but to me that feels like, you know, the big theme of the movie, which
1: is not surprising given that it's the title of the movie. Yep. Yeah. I think something that we'll get into a little bit once we get into spoiler territory is I think the movie's really interesting if you consider, I, and I don't know that this is the intention necessarily, but if you consider the title applying to different characters, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, does the metaphor still work if I apply the title to this character if, right. or if I invert the relationship? Right. Right? And it actually, like, is really rewarding if you think about it that way. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, th- those class and sort of just the concept of a parasite are, you know, certainly two of the bigger themes in the movie. I mean, there's there's tons. Mm-hmm. There's several. It's really rich in that regard.
0: I, um, I mentioned Denis Villeneuve earlier. This, this the, the idea of the, the title in relation to the themes of the movie um, just reminds me of a funny, uh, I think it was a tweet, that, um, that David Chen wrote uh, about Denis Villeneuve a few years ago, which was like, any Denis Villeneuve movie, you can basically sum up by, with the sentence... But who is the real insert movie title? <laughs> um, you know, and I think that was after like. But who is the real enemy? Who mm-hmm. is the real prisoners? Mm-hmm. Who is the real Sicario? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this one, I feel like, with you talking about, it, does this work on these different characters? Yeah. That that construction sort of applies. Like, who's the real parasite? Right. Right. Um, which. We'll get into that in spoilers. I'm, I'm actually very curious to hear your thoughts on that, because I don't have, I wouldn't say I have, like, a very rich set of ideas around that. Mm-hmm. To me, it's, to me, the movie has a pretty clear stance, mm-hmm. but I I could totally be missing some things. So look forward to getting into that in mm-hmm. just a sec. Um, but before we do, are there any other themes, kind of, like, secondary themes besides those, that main one that you feel are
1: worth bringing up? Well, I mean, not not that I have fully fleshed thoughts on, but I feel like, for example, um, there's sort of, if we're expanding themes to, like, there's visual themes, and there are, that I that I think are meant to comment on some of these sort of more conceptual ideas that we've talked about, like mm-hmm. the idea of stairs, the idea of the Philosopher's Stone, right? Mm-hmm. The idea, like... Um, I'm. I mean, I would love to do five minutes in this podcast about peaches, right? <laughs> like, um, and so there's there's a few different like recurring motifs. I suppose they're not really themes per se, but they're like visual motifs or visual like um, echoes mm-hmm. that I also think sort of warrant discussion as well.
0: Okay. Do you want to spend five minutes talking about peaches? Well, I think
1: we probably need to get into uh, get into some the of the spoilers before we do that.
0: Okay. Well, let's do that then. I think uh, I think this is about the dividing line. So we say now we're going to start spoiling the movie a little bit more
1: mm-hmm.
0: recklessly. We're mm-hmm. not gonna be you know maybe we've already spoiled a few little things, but we're not gonna be careful anymore right starting from here on
1: now, now. we are yeah, now we are un- time to careful.
0: spoil stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't we start with well what where do you want to start?
1: Okay, so I feel like a very simple way to formulate this movie and I think, where where it goes from being a movie that I was quite enjoying to a movie that I was just sort of totally floored by Uh Uh is is the sequence in the smack dab middle of the film where the Kim family, the family who is from a lower socioeconomic bracket, Mm -hmm. is spending the night in the Park family residence and are reminiscing about um, what a great job they have done uh, basically infiltrating... This upper class family's home yeah. under the sort of guise that they are all unrelated, um, various service workers yeah. who are offering, a, offering a service to um, the to this upper class family, to the Park family, and um, sort of uh, celebrating the idea that de facto they kind of live in this nice house, mm-hmm. right?
0: Um, yeah, they're like, we did it. You know, this is our house right now. Yeah,
1: and even... And they're joke- taking a
0: bath in their bath, and they're lying in their beds. And they're
1: even sort of fantasizing about a future where Kiwoo, woo the, the son... That's right. They're like, what if he marries the daughter mm-hmm. of the Park household, right? This will be our in-laws. Then this will be, like, his house, right?
0: Yeah, which there was a... There, that dialogue was funny because they were sort of thinking it through, and, like, we couldn't, like, reveal that we're all related that would blow everything right you know so she was like she was like would I have to like you know clean up for you or, or right I, I forget what
1: yeah um you know and it's sort of like it's a fun it's a funny idea and I sort of presumed during the dialogue of that sequence it's like oh is that where this movie's going like mm-hmm. we're gonna end up in this really weird situation didn't, didn't they even say like we'll have
0: to pay actors to to like like be be your family (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. i thought that's where we were going right i sort of presumed it would be this weird um well identity comedy that's not where i
0: thought it was going because i totally thought it was raining in that Mm -hmm. scene it was storming yeah and i was like they are being very careless like this family's gonna come back because they had gone out to go camping yeah and I was like, the family's gonna come back.
1: Mm-hmm. They're gonna
0: find them like this. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's sort of how hijinks would ensue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't completely wrong, but something totally different from that happened.
1: Right. Which is that. And what's so her name? that's the that scene, right? And we can we're gonna get into spoilers, but just from the from that sort of uh, dinner sequence <coughs> all the way through the moment that. The Kim family leaves the house, goes back to their home, and deals with what's happening there. Yeah. That that night, right? Yeah. yeah. Is like just a stunning, yeah, like greatest, like just hundred and five mile per hour fastball after hundred and five mile per hour fastball, just again and again and again, and it's just sort of like, this, I cannot remember the last time I've seen an extended sequence in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. That was just perfect like note perfect the entire time like blows me away with what is happening in the film from like a plot perspective Mm -hmm. um and totally shifts the tone of the entire movie right yeah um i it's just perfect right yeah Yeah. uh like they're gonna like they're gonna teach it in film school kind of perfect right and so that to me was um The sequence that really blows open the whole movie for me, and I think really to where the conversation begins, as far as like best parts of the movie, best parts and yeah, 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 and I
0: mean what you're saying is, and I feel like probably the vast majority of people who see this movie feel the same way. Yeah, is that you're watching a good movie that you're kind of enjoying and looking forward to what happens next, and then that scene is. You know, you turn the page and you're on chapter two, and it's like a different movie.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It's like a, it's a better movie Mm -hmm. suddenly. Then, then you realized you were watching.
1: Right, right. right.
0: And you're like, oh, this just upped the, the intensity, the drama, the suspense, Mm -hmm. the stakes. Mm -hmm. Everything just got. It's just like they took the dial and just you know Mm -hmm. cranked it up to ten. Right. And and you're like, I didn't even think this movie was. Like had it in it, you know. Right, like it right. seemed kind of silly and yeah, uh, and sort of happy go lucky in a way. Yeah, um, it felt like a con. It felt like yeah. a heist movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it was a it was a great. Uh, I think of that whole sequence, like you said, as kind of a crescendo. Like, you know, because even it, like I said about the stakes, it goes from. You know, she shows up, and something seems a little weird, and then the family's coming back, and they gotta clean up really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this has happened. No, no, the, the, I forgot. In between those things, they meet her. You know, they go down into the cellar. They meet. They realize her husband is there in the house. Yeah, and then it becomes this little conflict. But it's still, at that point, it's kind of like a petty conflict, right? You know, between these two. These two like this. These two families and and you're like oh they're like they're they're gonna they're gonna ruin uh, they're gonna ruin this this sort of scheme they got going on for them. Right. But at that point the stakes are like oh they're gonna get kicked out and they're not gonna have these jobs anymore. Right. It's very different from what the stakes end up being later on. Right. Where um, then the family's coming back they're rushing and they're like oh we could all you know we could all be screwed, um, and and obviously the the old helper and her husband they're trying to expose them and it actually leads to physical violence right you know which is which is like really shocking and and pretty sad i think when it happens especially because you're sort of like you know that th- this family they they're not violent people they mm-hmm. didn't want to do that but they're really desperate to preserve their their spot, what
1: gains they've made, and yeah. so the
0: the fine the sort of climactic moment where you know the the mother just kicks the old helper down the stairs. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just like I don't know what's gonna happen. I gotta get this woman out of here. You know, mm-hmm. like she's not trying to kill her or anything, right? But um, I, at least I didn't think she was trying. In fact, I definitely don't think she's trying to kill her. Right. Because because later. In the movie, they're talking about, like, we should really go, like, check on them. Right. right. And bring them some food. Yeah. So she's not she's not trying to kill her. She's just, like, in that moment, survival above all else. And in this, in this situation, survival means I can't let this woman expose me.
1: Yeah. Um, There's, I mean, I, I think about an early shot in the film where Mr. Kim is looking at a table... And there's a stink bug on the table. Mm -hmm. And he just flicks it. Yep. Right. And on one hand, would you say you wouldn't say you wouldn't ascribe murderous thoughts to Mr. Kim in that moment, right? No, he just needs the stink bug. He just wants the stink bug out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's something uh like oh there's a willful sort of blindness. To the way that Mrs. Park treats Moon Guang mm-hmm. in that moment, where um, all she's thinking about is, I you, I cannot let this woman expose my family. Right. 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 So I just need her to be not in this kitchen right now.
0: Yeah. Right. And you, you know, I feel like this ties back to the back to the beginning of this sequence when they are before she shows up and mm-hmm. they're just sitting and having a drink and sort of laughing and, and yeah, chatting. Yeah. And well, I forget who which character it is, but either the brother or the sister, maybe it's the dad. One of them's like, the parks are so nice, uh, mm-hmm. even even though they're rich. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think, mm-hmm. isn't it, the mother corrects yeah, yeah. them and says, They're nice because they're rich, Mm -hmm. you know, like they can afford and, and which is something I totally uh, agree with. I, that, you know, sort of kindness, we don't normally think of it like this, but it is a bit of a luxury. Yep. Like when you, when your life is really privileged, then you sort of, it just kind of gives you this freeness to sort of not be what I think what a big part of it is, is you're not fearful that others are going to take what you have. Because yep. you're so comfortable. Yep. Um, and I think the end of the sequence, which I don't know if, if her being kicked down the stairs is like the final end. I think it goes on a little bit longer than that. But that's a very big moment towards the end of this whole progression. Um, oh, of course it's not the variant because the variant is them going home. Anyway, yeah, yeah. anyway, it's somewhere in the middle then, let's say. Uh, that's like a really stark illustration of... How she has no like she she does not have the luxury of caring about what happens to this other woman exactly. in that in that moment. It's like yep. her 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 tank of sympathy, you know,
1: mm-hmm. has
0: been completely exhausted and she only has the wherewithal to think about herself and her family, right. Um, and it's and it's I feel like it's like the other extreme end of the spectrum of that, right is when you're super privileged, you don't have a lot of worries. Then you can sort of be compassionate and think about others, yep. and and certainly you know go out of your way to avoid hurting others. And you're on the extreme other end of the spectrum. You have something; it can be taken away from you. You just cannot worry about others. You know, right? Um, it's it's like if if you got to kick somebody down the stairs, you kick them down the stairs, and whatever happens, that's really not your concern right at this moment.
1: Yeah, that's right? a pro- that's a later problem.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, the, it would be a luxury to think about that. Yep. yep, you don't, you can't afford it right now. Yep. So that that all, I mean, it's like this movie is really powerful because it has moments like that where all of these thoughts kind of can be crystallized so succinctly in just this one really, you know, really concise expression. Yeah. Um, and yeah. but I don't think any of that's an accident. I feel like he, I feel like the movie is is intentionally capturing all of those ideas in those moments.
1: Yeah, I mean it's also like to add further sort of richness to that moment in the film uh, it obviously takes place on a staircase Mm -hmm. right, and the film is certainly not accidentally emphasizing staircases as a way. Well yeah, and a woman trying to walk up a staircase as a way of representing visually sort of like ascending in in class, right and We've basically established in that moment that um, two lower-income people who occupy a lower class, one feels it's necessary. They, in fact, both feel it is necessary to destroy the other in order to preserve their current position on the staircase.
0: Right, right? because they're both in a position of being parasites, and there's only one host, Mm -hmm. and... You know, and neither of them can survive without a host. So, what do you do then? You fight over the host, right?
1: Yes, this is where I'm interested in talking more about
0: using, do about yeah, using yeah.
1: the metaphor differently. Yeah, yeah. But I do want to come back to this sequence because I think there's so many things to celebrate about it. Although probably lots of other there are yeah them. there are
0: but there's so many good sequences that let's do it let's do it in this order. Let's talk about the parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of the different ways of interpreting it, mm-hmm. and then let's get get back a little more deliberately to like favorite parts of the movie. because yeah. there, I do think we need to almost like budget our time. Uh huh. Yeah. Because um, there's so many good parts. Yeah. Um, that we'll just try to go through them as sort of as as responsibly but quickly as we can. But let's so, do the parasite. So thing I first. think
1: the parasite reading that you've already done is is a good and you know is the straightforward clear clear one right um you could uh, you could also consider inverting the relationship where it's like okay the because ultimately the if you if you view the upper class as the if you presume that they are the parasite you Mm -hmm. ask who do they feed on right and they are basically taking um the only resource that this lower class has which is sort of like their time and dignity mm-hmm. right and asking them to give it away so in service of this family right so I'm thinking about the birthday party the, the day after mm-hmm. right the family has lost their home in a flood right mm-hmm. and they are um, you know destitute in a gymnasium with no clothes to call their own and the wealthy family's like i don't care about any of that show up at my house in 2 hours and dress up like a native american and play games with my kids mm-hmm. right and i'll pay you for your time right but not enough to like pull you out of poverty just enough for you to get by right right and to me there's there's an interesting angle to like the wealthy preying upon sort of the desperation of the poor uh, so that the wealthy can thrive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because they have sort of too much money and um, what they'll take is somebody else's sort of dignity and time, right? Um, So that's like a a different way to use the metaphor. Mm -hmm. And then sort of another way to use parasite is what if we considered like... Um, it was like class or Korea as the parasite mm-hmm. and it like just to continue to exist it needs to like destroy some of its people right like it needs to chew up its lower classes in service of this society so and like spit them out at the end mm-hmm. right um uh, used up and broken, right? And so, at any rate, like, I don't know that any of these readings is the correct reading, and I'm sure they all break down in various ways. I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there are, it feels
0: like, I mean, for the movie to have the title Parasite, I feel like it's inviting all of these interpretations, right? right? Uh, at least that, that would be my assumption, I'm curious though. I want to I I like the second one you said or I guess the first one you said, mm-hmm. which is the second of the of the three. interpretations we've covered. Yeah. Um the third one though, like what what does the movie do to present the idea that Korea is a parasite feeding off of I mean, I guess do, do you feel like do you feel that there, in the movie is the does it present the idea of, like, society or of Korea as an entity that needs
1: to sustain itself? Um, no. I I don't think even, probably, is the word Korea uttered in this movie? Not that I can
0: recall, but, I mean, but, yeah, but... I mean, you're talking about just the a larger society, right? That yeah, sort of needs this. I, I don't know
1: that I necessarily mean Korea per se, but I think I I think in my third reading, I'm trying to one I'm wondering <laughs> aloud if it has something if it's like a culture or a society, mm-hmm. right? That is, and the culture sort of fundamentally requires some people to be at the top of the stairs and some people to be at the bottom, right?
0: Yeah, I I get. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I just. I don't know that I, f- I don't recall that really being in the movie. Like I feel like that's something you're like, adding from outside. I don't know. I I also have only seen the movie once, so I'm- I might be miss. I view forgetting. Things I view like
1: the garden party as sort of the the closest to a macro version of my mm-hmm. cases. I'm mm-hmm. as I can make right. Like the party needs the party populated with a bunch of people in the upper class right require the subjugation of all of the different helpers who have helped that family to like have that party and let them have that party in such a way that they don't even the upper class don't even perceive the the way that they are sort of using a lower class of people Mm -hmm. this makes it very sort of a useful pairing with Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. for example, right where that is much more overt in that film. The mm-hmm. pe- the people toward the front of the train, right, have no concept of like how their comfort is is awarded them. Right. right? Um, yeah, I think
0: I think it's so much more clear cut in Snowpiercer because it's a train. And the engine of the train is the people in the back of the train keeping right. it going. So, like, to me, it's, like, there, it's, like, oh, yeah, it's very clear that mm-hmm. there is a system mm-hmm. that relies on the separation of people. Right. The, I think in Parasite, I, I have, it, it feels a little less clear-cut to me. But, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I just, it, it's maybe the the weaker of the two. I do I do really like um, the other one, though, The the idea of the wealthy being Parasite's. And I think this is more or less what you were saying, but kind of to put my own spin on it. Um, you know like in a lot of uh, like fantasy or, or mythologies, you've mm-hmm. got you've got these immortal beings who maybe like drink from the fountain of youth or maybe like they drink the blood of the young or something in some weird ritual and that keeps them young. right. Um, I feel like that 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 idea we touched on earlier, that's mentioned in that one scene that the parks are, are nice because they're wealthy. Yeah. I think of it, um, kind of like they are, they're like sucking the, the potential for kindness away from the less privileged, like the wealthy Mm -hmm. are sort of able to be sort of on the surface. Good people. Yeah. By offloading the sort of mundane tasks that would yeah. sort of like impact their ability to be so nice and pleasant yeah. to people who can't afford the things they can afford. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, the wife can't cook. So sh- mm-hmm. she has a helper. The wife struggles to kind of like be a, an effective mother to her son. Who's mm-hmm. I guess a little bit of a handful or something. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, there's some issues with him, right? Mm-hmm. And so she gets someone else to kind of be, you know, uh, to, to discipline him and teach him, right? The the father, you know, presumably doesn't want to drive himself around. That's frustrating and, mm-hmm. and mundane, and so he gets somebody to drive him around. They don't want to teach their daughter. They get a tutor to teach their daughter. Right. And so, like, these are all things that, they can afford it makes their lives easy and then they can be kind mm-hmm. because they're they're giving unpleasant work arguably unpleasant or at least difficult work to these people mm-hmm. uh, in exchange for money and so what they're feeding off of is like is it's, it's very similar to me to like feeding off the youth mm-hmm. of, of, of the young it's like feeding off of the sort of extra capacity mm-hmm. um, taking all of that you know Sort of reservoir of, mm-hmm. of kindness And goodness Towards others That these people Would have If mm-hmm. they sort of Had the abundance And taken it For themselves Right um, So I like that I think that works And I think that Is That plays out Pretty clearly In the, in the movie um, Because if, For You know In part Because we See We already talked About one example And there's another Big example Towards the end Of the movie we see the very, you know, clear effects of the depletion of that in the, the lower class mm-hmm. characters, right? Like the one we already talked about is kicking the woman down the stairs because she's completely, she's been sucked dry of, mm-hmm. of her capacity for caring for others by just having to work and having to pull off this, you know, scheme to, to make a livelihood for her family, um, and and frankly, having to maintain this, you know, deception. Yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> I mean, and I the thing I, I ultimately really like about the title, and I, and I, one of the things I like about the movie in general is that I don't think the film ex- believes there to be, to your earlier point, a single correct reading. I think it's like all of them are correct simultaneously. Um, I'm thinking back to when the original housekeeper, Moon Guang, um, in sort of what is a shocking moment after she moves the china cabinet out of the way of the bunker door and goes down the stairs and starts crying out, honey? Yeah. Right? I mean, as a viewer. And you're just just like, what? What is happening, (laughs) right? Um, And she goes down and she sees her, what you find out is her husband, and the first thing she does is put a bottle in his mouth. Yeah. And she's like, suck it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there's something like obviously infantilizing about that. Yeah. And there's something directly evocative of the idea of like he is sucking at the teat mm-hmm. of this family of yeah. the Park family, right for survival, right. And so I do I do think probably upon rewatch you'll I I will not be surprised that all of these versions of this metaphor get a little bit richer and deeper. And that the truth of the matter is that all of these different groups are using one another in ways that cause the other some sort of um, uh, like that costs something deplete them the other. Group. Yeah. and it just so happens that they are it's different currencies that we're talking about, right One mm-hmm. there's a monetary currency in the first metaphor and there's sort of like an um, like a existential, like, or you know, hu- humane currency yeah. in the second metaphor, right? And so I won't, it, it feels like um, an paras- parasitism being an interesting sort of lens through which to view that type of dynamic. Because another way of viewing it would just be like, that's called capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. We're exchange. I'm exchanging one form of value for a different form, right? Um, and for the movie to call itself parasite instead of Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations is, like, an interesting, you know, way of, of framing it. Yeah, I
0: think, though, that, you know, again, back to sort of the beginning of our conversation, in capitalism, you... Or this isn't even really... It's just really, like, mercantilism, I guess, right? You, like, you exchange... You exchange something... Of value to the other person for they give you something that's valuable to you, Uh Um, that's sort of an equal relationship by default. But Uh the parasite relationship is one where it's one sided, you know, the one side kind of relies on the exchange
1: Uh
0: and the other... Is you know at best indifferent to the exchange, maybe harmed by
1: the exchange. Well, I mean, I think, but I think that is why Paris, thinking of it as in terms of parasites, is really interesting because if you know, if I have a bunch of uh, to what was the have you seen the movie The Laundromat, this new Soderbergh no, movie? No. They use a bananas and cows exchange metaphor mm-hmm. in that movie. It's like you have bananas, somebody else has a cow, right? They want bananas, you want the cow, right? You mm-hmm. exchange, right? And then they talk about, what about if the person doesn't want bananas, right? Then what do you do? That's why money exists, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but the idea being, you have something that you value less than the thing that you want, yeah, right? And so, to me, it's like, Parasite's taking that to the extreme, right? It's like, the Kim family doesn't value their kindness or dignity, To a degree that they're willing to not Spend it right they're willing To spend it for money Mm. Right and The Park family Doesn't really value their money They're willing to spend it for convenience Right Um, And so to me it's just an interesting Twist like or a different way of Thinking about Because each wants what the other has (coughs) Right well So I guess I, I don't I don't a hundred
0: percent agree with that, but I think it's it's because I view them as different kinds of parasites, mm-hmm. like um, like in the way that I was saying earlier. That one way of thinking about a parasite is the parasite cannot survive without the host. That's mm-hmm. that's like what does it mean to be a parasite from the parasite's perspective, mm-hmm. and to me. Sorry, I I you keep you're great with their names. I forget what's the name of the poor family? The Kim family. The Kim the Kims I feel like are that type of parasite. So to me it's not like they don't value their kindness or their ability to be humane. To me it's they need to they they need this to survive. Now, I know that's not strictly true because they're surviving at the beginning of the movie. Before getting employed, but I mean, just barely. Right. right, they're pretty desperate. Yeah, they're holding their phone up in the corner of the bathroom to get right. to get cell reception, uh, or to get Wi-Fi rather. So, to me, they're like that kind of parasite. Where from the parasite's it's it's from the parasite's perspective, you you cannot survive without the host. Uh-huh. And so so it's very asymmetric. You know, you're kind of you're at the At the mercy of the host, in many ways. Mm -hmm. Whereas the parks are the other kind of parasite that I talked about with, where from the host's perspective, um, something's being taken from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The parasite is harming you. They're more like that kind of parasite, I think. Um, Where, you know, they're taking from the Kims. They're taking that that humanity, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not that the Kims don't value it. It's that they sort of need the relationship. Meanwhile, the Parks, it's not for their survival. You know, they don't, they don't need the Kims to exist. They don't need people like the Kims to exist. They would just have to do their own driving and cooking, etc. Right. They'd still be a wealthy family, you know? Right. But it's like the ability to not have to do those things helps them to be... Humane helps them right. to sort of figuratively, like, have eternal youth.
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, put it this way, I feel like one of the gifts of this movie is that we could just keep talking about this. <laughs> we could,
0: right. but we should not. Yep. Because, well, for one thing, we got a movie to see. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're in a mad rush. No. Nope. We got, like, 15 more minutes. Yep. But we should talk about some of the best parts of the movie that we haven't already talked about. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, this this one segment that we've we've talked about the first maybe 60 percent of it. Um, after the woman gets kicked down the stairs, they eat some food. Mm-hmm. Then. Ramdan. Yes, Ramdan. Then uh, basically the, the family, the Kims, they think they spot an opportunity to get out of there. Yep. Um, and then and then Mr. Park oh, it was the boy actually the boy emerges uh-huh. and they sort of have to think on their feet real quick they all end up scuttling under a table under a coffee table under a it. coffee table and then and then yeah then you've got them it's it, really I feel like what this last part of it is is just is just like highlighting just how
1: different their situations are well, and it also explicitly introduces the concept of mr. Kim's aroma yeah well that's I don't think that's the first time it's introduced because um, earlier the boy said they all smelled the same. Yes, but this is the moment where Mr. Kim hears directly from the pa- from the parks mm-hmm. their
0: they condescending
1: yeah, yeah opinion of his smell-hmm yeah. right he smells like people who
0: ride the subway yep um, yep and that and that is that becomes a very big thing in the movie the sort of distaste for the fact that as nice as the parks are on the surface, they have a distaste for yes, the they Kims. are they are judging their help. Yeah. And a it's a minor thing. Right. You know, like I believe I believe that it you know, if these were real people, I believe that the parks do like the Kims on a sort of superficial level. Sure. They're like, yes, they're they're lovely, you know. Of course, I wouldn't call them the Kims because they don't even realize they're a family. But right. um, Kevin, but, but it's like in the same way that you know that I think this is something many of us can relate to. Like, there's people that you you are are kind to, but you know you might have some you might have some sort of like unchecked biases or prejudices. Right. Um, that maybe one day when you sort of like really reflect you realize that and you and you try to correct it but a lot of times it's something it's totally unexplored a lot yeah. of the time right. Um, so yeah so that I mean to me Mr. Park and Mrs. Park deciding to go to sleep on the couch mm-hmm. while their son sleeps outside that that whole that is is like it turns uh, hilarious a little bit, is uncomfortable, right? Because they start to, they decide, he decides that he wants to, yeah, Yeah. that he, that he wants to have sex. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's like heartbreaking too, Mm -hmm. because you just, you know, especially I think the camera lingers on, on Mr. Kim's face for a little bit, like while he's talking about the smell. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just, and then it's just like, once he and his wife start, like you said, fooling around, then I mean, it's it is kind of funny, but I think I also just just felt so bad for them,
1: mm-hmm. the Kims.
0: I mean, yeah, because it's like okay, you're stuck under this table. You just have to listen to this, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, and you're in this for the long. Like you're gonna be here for hours mm-hmm. until they fall asleep, and then you have to crawl out really quietly. Yep, <laughs> and this is all for your survival, you know. Yeah. Um, But no, that that's amazing. And then you know, and then of course they eventually get out. And there's and we talked about this after seeing the movie. To me, the scene immediately after this, their their sort of escape and walk slash run home in the rain. Yeah. Was such this like amazing complex blend of emotions for me. Yeah. It was like thrilling that they Mm -hmm. escaped. They did it. Yeah. It was it was heartbreaking because of just like look at the situation they found themselves in yeah you know um, it's just it's like bewildering you know right it's like what just happened and then it's
1: know? just to and it's also just visually so compelling oh, yeah. the way that it's shot right with these extremely long distant shots of people descending stairs Going and the way back that down crawling back down into their hole and the way that bong frames it, like stages it, where they are far apart from one another. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, running together. They're, yeah. like, in a sequence. Um, and it's just this impossibly long set of staircases that they have to go down yeah. to get back to their home. And then which when... Which totally flooded. which And when ki like, there's a shot where the camera is sort of tracking downward, and as it, it sort of lingers on Kiwoo, the sun, and he looks down at his feet and sees just torrential amounts of water mm-hmm. pouring past his feet and you like he he realized it before i did right where he like you could but you could see the realization in his face he's like this is all going directly toward our house mm-hmm. right like the, the water like water flows downhill and yeah. guess who's at the bottom of this hill right yeah. Yeah. um and so then the fact that they've like the film just takes its time going from this picture, this absolute epitome of decadence of two wealthy people choosing to sleep on the sofa in their opulent home and watch Mm -hmm. their son camp in the backyard, right? Where a rainstorm is a fun, sort of uh, romantic in all senses of the word, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. occurrence. And if you go down... You know ten thousand steps it's destroying a it home. is it is absolute destruction at the bottom yeah right um and just like how the just the film literally walking you through like the implications of this right it's just such an amazing sequence to cap off what is a incredible like evening of just total total tumult right it I don't know. It just is such a stunning Yeah, I agree with you that it's going to be,
0: it's, I mean, I don't know, but I could totally see it being taught in film class. I just feel like that whole, like you said, from, from the old help showing up to that, to their, you know, dejected return to their house and finding it flooded and you know the sister sitting on the toilet and smoking a cigarette mm-hmm. that is just that's i feel like that's going to be remembered as one of like, the best sequences in a film ever right um,
1: unbelievable yeah
0: so i mean so that to me that's the stand i do think the movie has a bunch of other great parts mm-hmm. but that is like the standout. that's the that's like the flagship centerpiece of the movie, yeah. right?
1: which is amazing. Right. Right? right, right, right. Like, the fact that we are talking about a sequence where people eat dinner, they mm-hmm. find a secret passage, they make another dinner, mm-hmm. right? They hide under a table, right? Then they, so, they run so, home. Then they run home. Mm-hmm. And that we their are, home is destroyed. I, I thought it was more gripping than like than like anything else you'd seen this year. Right, like <laughs> it's like it's like the final battle in Avengers Endgame was boring compared mm-hmm. to this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it it's just stunning that a sequence that where I just described very simply very mundane, yeah. what happened is like it and it, it, it's almost <laughs> like I want to see it over and over again cuz I want to understand I, I want to see it again right now. I want to understand how he did it, right? Um because I, I mean, want more movies to be like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a huge amount of credit goes to like the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I think also the performances oh, are just sure. so good. I yeah. mean, the characters they're so well realized. Like you, I think that's a big part of why the the ending of it it affected me so much. Is just it just feels like you. It's not even that far into the movie, but, like, you feel like you know these people and you care about them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you care about, like, all of them. Yeah, like, the, the parks, ev- too. Even the yeah. parks, yeah, have kind of, like, are, have many endearing qualities. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, It it hits you in a way that, like, no- normally I would say only real life can hit hit you. Mm-hmm. For me. You know, mm-hmm. like, normally, like, the, the... The things that hit me, the, that give me the most you know, strongest emotions tend to not come from movies. I mean, let's right. Right. Be real. Right. Um, and, and does this like really compare with like the most emotional moments of my life in real life? No, it is still a movie. Right. <laughs> but like it, it's, it's way closer to that. Yeah. To that sort of like can only find this in real life kind of emotion. Yeah. Than than the vast majority of movies. What other scenes of the movie do you want to talk about?
1: I feel like, um, the uh, I don't really actually want to talk about the garden party all that much, as much as mm, it... Yeah, no. It's... As, as, as important as it is, mm-hmm. and I think as rich as it is, um, for the purposes of time, the thing that I really want to talk about is the ending, Okay. Right? Um, so to, to describe what, I, what I'm what i thinking of as the ending, um, Ki-woo climbs a hill. A- after all of this goes down, ultimately what ends up happening is... His sister, Ki-jung, ends up dead. The father in the yeah. Park family ends up dead, right? Mm-hmm. And the Kim family is basically entirely found out. Uh, however, Mr. Kim is missing, right? No one knows yeah. where he is, including his family, right? And so Ki-woo, after the fallout of all of this, climbs the hill behind the for, What is was formerly the Park family house, and now a German expat family lives there. And he sees the flashing light over the staircase and he knows that the reason that that light is flashing is because there are some switches in the bunker controlled manually by hand and that somebody must be in that bunker if that light is flashing and he begins to transcribe the message in morse code and ultimately translates it into a letter from his from his father right which his father explains how he ended up in the bunker and i thought that was quite ingenious actually how the film did that mm-hmm. um and then the son Kiwoo, writes a letter to his father describing how he's going to become extremely rich mm-hmm. and buy that house and free his father
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and the film shows us this set this of activities fantasy. Yeah. this fantasy happening and then the film ends with the camera echoing the very first shot in the film, the socks, yeah, and viewing Kiwoo Woo, um, sort of concluding his letter and basically commenting like, "But until then, you know." Yeah. Oh, like yeah, it's basically like I'll see you then. I'll, yeah, and I found fa- I just found the entire thing um, so moving. Right, yeah, absolutely, and so tragic. Um, that I just wanted to sort of call it out as like a a, a beautiful, horror, horrifying ending. Um, uh, I agree that it's
0: beautiful. I didn't find it horrifying. I mean, I would definitely call it very melancholy, yeah, because I think as a viewer, my take on it is like this will probably never happen. He's never you know? going to see his but, father again, but but so to me. It's not, it's not like a hundred percent. Like it's what what's a little bit inspirational to me, or what gave me a, gives the ending of the movie like at least a tinge of hopefulness. Uh-huh. Is that to me what that is kind of saying, or at least a small bit of the commentary that the movie's making there. Is that he's different from his father because he his father told him earlier in the movie never make plans. never make a plan. Yep. It's just a recipe for disappointment. Yeah, and to me, it's like it's a far fetched plan. The mm-hmm. the likelihood of success is so low. But, but damn it, this son is making a plan, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And he's, he's got a thing that's going to be driving him, that he's going to be trying to achieve. Yeah. And it's like, maybe he won't. But you know what? That sort of feels like the first step out of the situation that they're in. You know? Possibly.
1: The, th- um, the so, thing that occurs yeah. to me, like, and I, I think that that is a perfectly valid reading, the thing that occurs to me is he's doing all of this plan in the form of a letter. Yeah. Which, that, is, which is which he can never deliver, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. And so, this is like if this is your plan, mm-hmm. you can't, you don't even know where you're gonna send this yeah, letter I that mean, you're didn't writing. Didn't
0: they also basically? I feel like it's established that he's like suffered some brain damage, right?
1: Right, I've, I right. feel like in some ways, so it's
0: like, like this is a complete, this is
1: this is a fantasy, y-
0: yeah. Right? I, I, I agree. I, I, like I said, I just don't think it's a hundred percent like he he's doomed to fail I think it's like I think it's like all evidence would point to him not having a good chance at this right you know the odds are very very heavily stacked against him but you know I mean that's a little there's a little bit of Don Quixote you know to dream the impossible dream there like there is to me something so so moving in a positive way it gives me a good you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: warm, fuzzy feeling of someone against insurmountable odds. Gosh, darn it. Try in anyway.
1: That's why I love this movie. Cause I think your reading is absolutely valid and I have just a very different reading. Yeah. I mean, he's probably doomed. Like he's, right. he's, yeah. he's probably never going to see yeah. his dad again. And so um, that's, that's one of the reasons I love this movie.
0: Yeah. Okay. Agreed. We are, we, we do need to get going. I, I thought we had plenty of time and we did, but yeah, you know, we ate it all up. Yep. Um, so, uh, so would you beam this movie up?
1: Beam it, Hit the button so hard.
0: <laughs> mash it <laughs> i was I was I was planning on kind of making a joke and being like, I, I don't I don't think so, but um, I think it's pretty obvious how we both feel about this. It's getting beamed up, yeah, all right. that's 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 gonna be the one to beat for me for this. yeah, year. the
1: bar, uh, yeah, bar's been set. it's gonna I mean, man, what a delight. yep, okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Space Flix. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. Talk to you next time. Bye.